Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series called Two Kingdoms. I want you to picture something with me. Picture a line down the center of a piece of paper, and on the left, we're going to call the kingdom of light. And on the right, I'm going to call the kingdom of darkness. So you can color in the left side of the page with white background and the right side of the page with a black background. And on the left side, being the kingdom of light, I want you to write words like love, joy, peace, patience, humility, faith, morality, justice, health, happiness, wisdom, knowledge, deliverance, prosperity, forgiveness, confidence. It's God's kingdom. It's a kingdom of eternal life. It's a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of love and victory. But on the right side is the dark side. And so I see a picture with a black background with white lettering. And it has words like eternal death, darkness. It's Satan's kingdom, the opposite of God's kingdom. It's darkness. It's words like depression, hopelessness, immorality, injustice, calamity, tragedy, sickness, disease, weakness, fear, floods, plagues, guilt, shame, poverty, lack, weeping, sorrow, pain, suffering, hate, murder, and destruction. And in between the two, there's a line. So we have two kingdoms. On the left is God's kingdom, a kingdom of light. And on the right, we have Satan's kingdom, a kingdom of darkness. And we're talking about traveling from one side to the other. The way to travel from God's kingdom to Satan's kingdom is through rebellion and disobedience, as we read in some scriptures earlier. But the way back across the line into God's kingdom, the kingdom of light, is through repentance and faith. Repentance and faith are sisters. I believe they work together. We can't just repent and sit in the corner and cry, but we must stand up and get in faith and believe who we are in Christ. So if we've made a mistake through rebellion and disobedience and gotten on the wrong side of the line, all we need to do is repent and use our faith to walk in the light. In Galatians chapter 6 is our text scripture, verses 7 through 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And I said yesterday as a pastor, I have the responsibility to shepherd God's sheep and feed them food that is nourishing and sustaining. I'm responsible to feed them today and protect them and prepare them for tomorrow, and I can't just serve sweets every day and expect good results in the future. The truth is, we will reap what we sow, even as Christians. If we sow darkness, we'll reap darkness. But if we sow light, we'll reap light. Where do I believe the church is crossing this line, moving from light to dark and listening to false teachers 
and tickling ears as to what people want to hear today. There are four major areas I'm very concerned about. One is the assembly of the saints, and that is that many people don't think it's important for us to assemble or to attend church. Another one is the murder of the innocent being abortion. Some Christians feel that that's okay. And then there's things like sexual immorality and same-sex marriage. Well, do these things really matter today in a time of grace and mercy from the Lord? And yesterday we started to talk about the assembly of the saints. How important is this? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And as a pastor, I'm concerned because I'm seeing church attendance drop in many, many areas because many Christians feel that it's not an important factor anymore. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've had a hard time. But I think if God's word is telling us not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together, there's got to be a reason for it. And the Amplified Version says, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing and warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Well, what day is it talking about? It's talking about the day of the Lord, the return. So our assembling together is very important in God's word, even in today's society. So I ended yesterday by saying there's a warning. Neglecting to regularly assemble ourselves together as believers will greatly limit our ability to be prepared for the days ahead. What is it called? It's called the church, and the church is made of people. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus said he will build his church, but it seems that today some would say the church is not necessary. Again, I realize many have been offended or hurt by others, and possibly even by the pastor in the church. However, unity and working together takes maturity, forgiveness, and resolve. Yes, maybe we've been hurt. However, there are honest, loving, and solid churches everywhere. Perfect churches, no. Great churches, yes. Find where God wants you. Where are you to be connected? Where are you to be committed? Where are you to serve? Where are you to be financially faithful? Well, it's the assembly, the assembly of the church, the assembly of the saints. Jesus is building his church. Imagine uh, you see a human foot all by itself in the corner of the room. It's not a pretty picture, is it? This is not good. What's the first thing you would do? You'd probably call the police. What would be the first thing the police would want to answer? They would say, well, where is the body? Immediately, there would be an investigation to find the body. You see, this could be a murder scene. Maybe the body is still alive, but the foot, well, the foot's definitely dead, and it's sitting there in the corner. Well, why is the foot dead? Well, it's not connected to the body. Can we reconnect it? Well, it may be too late. The life of the foot was in the body. Yes, the body is severely limited without the foot, but the foot is completely dead and useless without the body. You see, I believe Hebrews 10.25 is a warning. So can we sow to the flesh and not reap? Can we be separated and be fully functional? How will the foot know about a bear trap in the woods if it has no eyes? How will the foot know about the hiss of a rattlesnake if it has no ears? I believe I'm prophesying right now. There are several bear traps set up and rattlesnakes hidden to attack the church. I hear the snap of the trap and the hiss of the snake, and many are going for a walk in the woods. Well, I want to be prepared for the days ahead, and especially the day ahead. 
And as a pastor, I'm heralding a warning. If you're not connected and committed and a part of an assembly, do so now. Get connected physically, spiritually, and financially right now. Why? Because there is a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. Again, look at the picture. On the left, we have love, joy, peace, patience, humility, faith, eternal life, light, victory. But on the right, we have poverty, lack, sorrow, pain, suffering, hopelessness, depression, darkness. One is the kingdom of God, and the other is the kingdom of Satan. To go from one side to the next, or to go from God's kingdom to Satan's kingdom, all you have to do is rebel and disobey. But in order to get back into the other side, all you need to do is repent and stand in faith. Let me bring up another issue that I'm concerned with. It's man's law versus God's law. Remember, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that goes for both sinners and Christians. And so repeating the four areas that I'm concerned about, they are, one, the assembly of the saints, murder of the innocent being abortion, sexual immorality, and same-sex marriage. And in all actuality, three of them can be grouped together because they're so closely related. And that would be abortion, sexual immorality, and same-sex marriage. These are three hot issues of our generation. I group them together into one group simply because the murder of the innocent being abortion is the result of a society that has a direct problem with pregnancy because the pregnancy is not wanted. The pregnancy is not wanted typically because the couple is not married or they're too young and they have no intention to marry. And it was a mistake. Being pregnant is simply a big inconvenience or in the way of a career. And they don't want the child. They don't want the interference in life and want to make the problem go away. Abortion is the easy way out. It's the way to make the sin go away. This problem has become so massive that man has made laws to protect the right to kill the child. Man comes up with all kinds of philosophies as to why it should be legal. However, the real reason is to simply make the sin go away. But is this what happens? No. Why? Because we are now discussing man's law versus God's law. Simply question, if a man is pronounced dead when his heart stops beating, why is a baby not declared alive when its heart begins beating? But even sooner than the beating heart, life begins when a seed germinates, period. It does so in nature, and it does so in humans. But putting all the arguments aside, I'm talking to those who confess Christ as Lord. I understand sinners who do not know Christ. I used to be one, but now I'm not a sinner. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and I'm a new creature in Christ. You see, I've accepted a higher set of laws, a higher set of moral standards, a higher definition of righteousness. Jesus set the standards even higher than the way we read the Ten Commandments. Just think, instead of murder and adultery, he said the following. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 
And of course, Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments into two. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, he says, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second commandment is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Well, many have watered down the words of Christ by redefining the word love. They have done this to justify sexual immorality of all kinds, and they've designed laws by man to make it so. But have they? It is evident to me Jesus did not water any of the Ten Commandments down, but rather he raised the bar on them. But now we get into the definition of sexual immorality. What is it? Does adultery only apply to those who are married? If so, then pornography, homosexuality, living together and having sex, fornication, pedophilia, bestiality, and the list goes on. Is all that perfectly acceptable? Besides, can't we define love to include all that and more? Well, now we get into the question of God's law versus man's law. But we're out of time today, so we'll have to continue tomorrow. This is a fascinating subject. I hope you join me. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.